You see, when the devil comes, and the first thing that he usually does to us is he's called the father of lies. So obviously the first thing he does to us is lie. And then what he does is he tries to get us to partake in a certain sin. It's the oldest trick in the book. It's called temptation. But what happens is sometimes we actually take the debate and we actually fall into temptation. Then what does the devil do after that? Well, then he jumps on the other side of the fence, right? So at first he tempts us, lies to us, gets us to partake in a sin, and then he comes on this side of us and he says, you're no good for nothing. And he starts planting thoughts on our heads that are contrary and in opposition of the word of God. So that's why it's important to know what we're going to go through tonight. He says things like this to us. You're no good. You're not worthy. You're not a Christian. You can't pray. Have you ever heard that? After you've made a mistake, maybe fell into temptation. Oh, don't try praying. The enemy, he's got a black belt in deception and telling us. And the list goes on. And then what happens? Then you start to feel guilty to the point where sometimes you can't even think straight. And if you let it, this type of thoughts and attacks from the enemy will destroy you and shipwreck your faith. Oh, but the Bible, though, <laughs> the Bible says joy comes when? Joy comes in the morning. What else comes in the morning according to the Scripture? Mercy. God's mercy, the Bible says, are new every morning. So are you ready to hear ten amazing things that God does with our sin? Are you ready? Good, because here they are. Number one, the first thing that God does with our sin he forgives them. Praise the Lord for that, right? The first thing that God does with our sin, which is amazing because they're all amazing, is he forgives us. And if you're like me, an imperfect person who, yes, sometimes falls into temptation, you're going to be happy to hear that the first thing God does with our sin is forgive us. Listen to Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed, first word of this first verse is blessed. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed. Did you happen to notice that? Blessed is the first word. So the first thing God does with our sin, he forgives it. Hallelujah. And as a result, we are blessed. Amen. And you may wonder, when does God actually forgive me of my sin? At what moment does the Lord truly forgive me? When we repent, of course. Meaning what? Meaning when we forsake our sin, when we get tired of it and when we cast it to the side and we go to God for mercy and say, Lord, that was the stupidest thing I ever did, forgive me. In that moment, you're forgiven and you're blessed. The second thing God does with our sin is, is he covers them. He covers our sin. It's amazing. He covers our sin. The second amazing thing he does is he covers them. Just like the other night when I was working in my backyard, I was doing some projects, and uh, I threw a tarp because it started getting dark over this particular project that I was working on with some wood because I didn't want it to get ruined, and I was painting some wood. And guess what happened after I threw the tarp over that project? You couldn't see it anymore. It was hidden. The second amazing thing that God does with your sin and my sin is he covers it. The latter part of Psalm 32, 1 says this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Right? We just read that. Comma, whose sins are covered. Whose sins are covered. When they're covered, you and nobody else can see them. And that's amazing. And you, have you ever been to a place like a restaurant maybe, and you go up to the counter 
and you're about to purchase your, your food that you just ate or pay for the food that you just ate, and somebody says, I got you, you're covered. Man, that's a blessing, isn't it? And that usually brings a smile to your face. And I pray that a smile is coming to your face right now, knowing that if you repented and confessed your sin, God is saying to you right now, I got you covered. It's amazing. The third amazing thing that God does with our sin is he does not charge us for our sin. Doesn't charge us. Listen to Romans 4.8. Blessed is the one. There's that word blessed again. Blessed is the one who sin the Lord will never count against them. Did you hear that? Romans 4.8 uses the word never. Never count against you. God says, I will never, once I forgive you, I will never charge you or count your sin against you. Why? Why would God do that? Because the Lord charges Jesus Christ for our sin. He charges it on the back of his only son who died on a cross for us. That's why. And you may be thinking, you know, before this, does God, does he overlook my sin? No. He doesn't overlook anything. But when and only when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, does God punish your sin on the back of his son, Jesus Christ. So he doesn't overlook it. He punishes it, but he punishes it on Jesus Christ. So you see the Bible says this about sin. The wages of sin is death, right? Meaning what? Something has to die for our sin. And that death has to be sinless. Guess what? That leaves me out. That leaves Chris Simon there out. And guess what? That leaves you out too. According to the scriptures, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only thing that can pay for sin is a sinless death. And the only one that can do that is Jesus Christ because he walked this earth, right, and never sinned. Actually, Jesus Christ went into a desert where Satan tempted him for 40 days and Jesus never sinned, not once qualifying him to be that sinless sacrifice. So that's the third thing that God does with our sin. The fourth amazing thing that God does with our sin, he removes them far from us. Yes, the fourth amazing thing that God does with our sin, he removes them so far. How far? Oh, very far. Listen to, listen to this. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, God, removed our transgressions from us? Wow. Man, that's far. He removes our sin. What's that like? Well, have you ever had or heard of a, somebody getting a criminal history expunged? You know what that means? That means they could have evidence of an arrest in their lives. They could have evidence of a criminal activity in their lives. But if they got their record expunged, that means there is no more record. There's no more history of it. It can't be found. And if you look up the word expungement in the dictionary, you'll find a couple words there. You'll find the word strike out. You'll find the word obliterated. And you'll find the word abolished. And that's what God does with our sin. He abolishes them so they can't be found. He removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. God has removed our transgressions from us. That's far, because the east and the west never touch. 
And that means if you've repented and you've asked God to forgive you of your past, your past is never coming back in your life. And I don't care what anybody else tells you. I'm telling you tonight what God says in his word when we repent and ask for his forgiveness. Yes, your past is going further away from you than you can ever imagine. And you're forgiven more than you can ever imagine. Are you shouting yet? Because that's good news. I'm telling you. I have to tell you, when I was writing these notes for this message, I started to get a little emotional. You know why? Because I started to realize how much God really has forgiven me. I mean, ten amazing things that God does with our sin, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. That's not all, though. Psalm 103, starting in verse 8 through verse 12, which I just read, gives us a true glimpse of the character of God. And I want you to read this with me. Listen to Psalm 103, starting in verse 8 through verse 12, says this. The Lord, compassionate and gracious, listen, slow to anger. That's God. Abounding in love, verse 9. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Man. He does not treat us, verse 10, as our sins deserve. God does not treat us the way our sins deserve or repay us according to our inequities. Now listen very closely to verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear them. For those who respect him, in other words. Not not perfect people. No, we're talking about people who make mistakes and sin, but repent and confess. God says, listen, my love for those type of people that strive to put me first is as far as the heavens are above the earth. Wow, that's incredible. Finally, verse 12, again. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. From us, God removes our sin. That's the fourth thing. Listen, if you're having a bad day, read that verse again, right? Memorize it. And if you do memorize it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to destroy the work of the devil in your life. When he comes against you with discouraging and lies, if you know these verses, you're going to be able to destroy that discouraging work, condemning work. You know, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing us. And when we slip up and when we sin, sometimes we believe that God hasn't forgiven us. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And if you know these verses, you'll be able to defend yourself and get back on track a lot faster. So you ready for the fifth thing? The fifth thing, the fifth amazing thing that God does with our sin is he washes them away. He actually cleanses us from sin. And you know, one of the most purest things on the earth is sometimes the undriven snow. Just picture Colorado snowing. You know, you may be staying in a cabin at night and nobody's skied on it yet, nobody's driven on it yet, nobody's walked in it yet, and beautiful and pure. And it is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things on the earth. And maybe that's why God chose to use it as a metaphor, as a picture, an example in Isaiah 118. Listen with me to Isaiah 118. He says, come now, let us settle this matter. Let us reason together, in other words, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Wow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And you know wool is like pure white. Man, like a red stain leaves a mark on a white shirt. Sin leaves a stain on our soul that only God can cleanse. 
And listen, we know what the Bible says about God. It says that he does all things well. So you know when God cleanses anyone from their sin, it's done right. And guess what God says you're going to look like after I'm done cleaning you from your sin? Like the undriven snow. Now listen, I didn't say that. God's word said that. That's how pure you are instantly when you repent and you confess your sins to God. God says, listen, I don't hold it against you. I don't charge it. I forgive you. And right now, you're just like undriven snow. And listen to 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 says this. If, if we do what? If we confess our sins, God is two things. Faithful and just to do what, Chris? Faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from how much? All unrighteousness. I don't care how much unrighteousness you did. If you confess your sins to God, God says, listen, I'm going to do two things for you because I am two things. I'm faithful and just, and I'm going to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is amazing, right? All unrighteousness, God says. I will clean you. Man. And listen, I used to make mistakes when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, meaning when I first heard the message and believed it and received Jesus Christ, asked him to forgive me and to come to be my Lord and Savior, I would sin. I would make a mistake. And I would pick my phone up and call my friend who was a little older in the Lord, a little more knowledgeable, and I would say, I blew it. I'm done with God. He's going to kick me out of his life because I just sinned. And he would say to me this, Chris, 1 John 1, 9, Chris, if we confess our sins, God is two things, Chris. Faithful, meaning he'll keep his promise, and just, meaning he doesn't, doesn't overlook your sin. No, he punishes your sin, Chris, but he punishes it on the back of Jesus Christ. He, and then he would tell me, Chris, if you make a mistake, repent and confess it. And he always told me this, and you'll be like the un driven snow. Man, that metaphor has never, ever left me because my friend pounded it into me when I would make a mistake, and I thank God for my friendship with him. Wow, God forgives you, covers you, doesn't charge you for your sin, removes your sin, and now we learn he washes us from it. Why? Because he's faithful and just. That's my God. Got some sin in your life? Maybe you do. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you can't get out of a rut with sin. Let me tell you something. We've all sinned, okay? Every one of us. Here's what you need to do. Just repent, confess, and ask God to forgive you. If you do that, you'll be like the undriven snow. Amen? The sixth amazing thing that God does This is so cool. The sixth amazing thing that God does with our sin, he throws them, guess where? Behind his back. (laughs) I know. I read it myself. I was like, God, you are amazing. Right? The sixth amazing thing God does with our sin is he throws them behind our back. Isaiah 38, 17 says this, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. I don't know about you. But I don't got eyes in the back of my head like some people say. Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head. I don't. I can't see what's behind me right now. 
and the metaphor that God is using, the picture that he wants us to get, why he puts these things in these verses like this. Why? Because he's trying to tell us, listen, when I forgive you of your sin, you're forgiven. And I don't see it anymore. It's behind my back. It's behind me. It's gone. Right? And it ain't coming back. Isaiah 38, 17. Wow. So listen, God does this. The same God who's in control of everything, in control of the universe, forgives our sin, covers our sin, doesn't charge us for our sin, removes our sin, washes us and cleanses us for sin. And now we learn he throws our sin behind his back. Man, can I get an amen? Somebody. Come on. Right? Because we still got four amazing things to go over that God does with our sin. Number seven, he sweeps away our sin. Yes, Isaiah 42, 22. Listen, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Sweep away like the morning mist? What are you talking about, Chris? Here's what I'm talking about. You know when the sun comes up? and it burns the dew off the lawn, or it burns the dew off your car, that's what I'm talking about. It burns it away. God says, listen, I swept your sin away just like that. Just like when the sun comes up in the morning. Tomorrow morning, sun's going to come up. Has to, because God commands it to come up. And guess what's going to get burned off? The morning mist. And that's what God does with our sin. He sweeps it away, the Bible says. Why? God wants you to know when you're forgiven, you're fully forgiven. And listen... That's why he uses these examples, these pictures. And he doesn't want us to be burdened with the guilt of sin, especially if you repented. God says, look, it's gone. I don't want you. I don't want the devil to mess with you. And I don't want you to be burdened. I want you to be free. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. When we repent, God gets out his broom. Hallelujah. The eighth thing that God does. And look, out of these ten things, the eighth is my personal favorite, right? I love each and every one of them, though. I'll tell you. I'll take them all. But I love this one. The eighth thing, amazing thing that God does with our sin is this. He remembers them <laughs> no more. Is that not amazing? Come on, man. That's my favorite. Hebrews 8.12 says this. I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Man, when God forgives our sins, he forgets them. Praise the Lord. When God forgives, he forgets. Who do you know like that? Who do you know that when they forgive you, they forget what you've done against them? That's my favorite, man, because where are you going to go to find someone like that? Only God can forgive like that through Jesus Christ. Wow. Man, because, you know, we struggle with sin, don't we? We struggle with forgiveness. Somebody can offend us, and we say, look, man, I forgive you. But you know sometimes when you're laying on your bed, sometimes when you're driving in your car, you're thinking about what that person did. You know what I mean? That's not God. No. Listen, you may remember your sin. Satan will definitely remember your sin. Your friends remember your sin, right? But God refuses to remember your sin. Refuses. To remember your sin. I will remember your sin no more. Where are you going to go to find forgiveness like that? Only through God and Jesus Christ. Amen? Woo! When we repent, 
God remembers our sin no more. Man. Number nine. Number nine. The ninth amazing thing God does with our sin, right, is going to bless your socks off. So I won't say another word. You know what I'm going to do with this one? I'm just going to read the scripture and let it speak to you. The ninth amazing thing God does with our sin. Let's start in Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Listen to this. Read this with me. Lord, who is a God like you? That's what it says. Who is a God like you? You forgive sin. Listen to this. You forgive your people when they do wrong. You don't stay angry forever. Wow. Instead, listen, that's what the scripture says. You don't stay angry forever, but instead you do something else. You know what he does? Here it is. You take delight in showing your faithful love to them. Once again, verse 19, you will show loving concern for us. You will completely wipe out the evil things we've done. You will throw all our sins where? Into the bottom of the sea. The ninth amazing thing that God does with our sin, he throws them into the depths of the sea. Man, I agree with Brother Micah. Micah said, what? what? Who is like that? Who is a God like you who takes all my sins and wipes them out and throws them into the depths of the sea? Wow, where are you going to go to get that type of forgiveness? You're not, because only God can forgive like that. Man, can it get any better? Yeah, because we still got one more amazing thing that God does with our sin. I say the best for last. Listen, the tenth amazing thing that God does with our sin. You ready? If you're ready, say amen. He nails them to the cross. Listen, 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 listen. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. You were spiritually dead. Why? Because of your sin. And because you were not free from the power of your sinful self. Sin enslaves. Right? But listen... But God, don't you love that, those two words? But God gave you new life together with Christ. He forgave all our sins. How many times have you heard that word tonight? All. All our sins. Verse 14. Because we broke God's laws, right? We did. We owed a debt. A debt that listed all the rules we failed to follow. But God, those two words again, forgave us of that debt, took it away, and nailed it to the cross. Listen, we were spiritually dead, folks, dead in our trespasses and our sins because of our sins. But God changed all of that. He took our sins and nailed them, nailed them, nailed them to the cross, the cross that he placed his only son, Jesus Christ, right, paid for our sins and canceled a debt that we owed, a debt that we couldn't pay. Man. And listen, I just want to say this one point. I want to remind you that forgiveness of sins does not cancel consequences of sins. Did you hear me? 
Forgiveness of sins does not cancel a consequence of a sin, right? Oh, there's forgiveness. There's mercy new every morning. And hallelujah and praise the Lord for that. My sins are in the depths of the sea. Listen, if you go and break into a bank tonight, and I pray you don't do that, right? But if you were to go into a bank and you open the window, right, after hours, and you fell into the floor of the bank and you broke your shoulder and your leg and you couldn't move. Here you are laying sprawled out on the, on the middle of the bank floor and you hear the alarms going off and you hear sirens coming. The police are coming to that bank. And you say to God, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I was thinking. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, forgive me for breaking into this bank. Are you forgiven? You are forgiven. You are like the undriven snow laying on that bank floor. And your sins have just got thrown into the depths of the sea. But where are you going next? To jail. You're going to jail forgiven, but there are consequences of sin. So I'm saying don't mess with sin. Avoid sin at all costs because it's costly. Amen? But I'm saying when the devil tries to tell you that you're not forgiven, when you repented of any sin, no matter how wicked it is, you are forgiven. Is that clear? Amen. Right? Ten things, there you have it, that God does. Ten amazing things that God does with their sin. Here they are. Forgives our sin. Covers our sin. Doesn't charge us for our sin. Washes us and cleanses us from our sin. Throws our sin behind his back. Sweeps our sin away. Amen. Remembers our sin, my favorite, no more. Flings our sin into the depth of the sea and nails our sin to the cross. I'll say it again. Are you shouting yet? I mean, are you standing up right now? Come on. Ten amazing things that God does with our sin. Maybe, just maybe, maybe you're starting to get a glimpse of the true character of God. Because listen, some of us, all our lives, have been told that God is out to get us, that God can't wait to strike you down, that God is out to condemn you, 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 no good sinner? No, that's not God. Actually, God's out to forgive you. <laughs> He's not out to condemn you. Listen to John 3.17. Everybody knows John 3.16, but do we know John 3.17? Listen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Mm-mm. To condemn the world, but that the world through him, through his son, might be saved. Did you hear that? God didn't send Jesus. God didn't put Jesus through hell and back to come to this earth and condemn anyone. Why? Because it would be a waste of time. Why? Because you're already condemned. You can thank Adam and Eve for that. We're already condemned. Adam and Eve, the first people on earth, sinned. Against God. And you know what the Bible says about that? It set off a chain reaction. The Bible says that because Adam and Eve sinned, it was passed on to all men. Their children started to have children. Those children started to have children. The earth became populated all the way down to you and me. And the Bible says sin was passed on to each one of us. We're all born in a sinful state, a condemned state. That's why Jesus came 
to this earth, born of a virgin. You know why Jesus was born of a virgin? So he didn't inherit that same simple nature that was passed on from Adam and Eve. No, he didn't get that because he was born of a virgin. Listen, we're all infected by this virus called sin. And the only vaccine is to take the sinless son of God and put him to death. Because the Bible says the only way that we can be forgiven is death. And it has to be a sinless death. That's why Jesus was born of a virgin. That's why Jesus went off into a desert for 40 days. He had to. Because Satan was granted permission to tempt Jesus Christ for 40 days in a desert without food. Some of us can't last one minute under temptation. Jesus went 40 days and sinned not. He's the only one that ever walked this earth under testing, under temptation, and never once sinned. And that qualifies Jesus Christ to pay for our sin. It has to be a death, and it has to be sinless. That leaves all of us out except for Jesus the Christ. So are you ready? Are you ready to allow God to forgive you? Are you ready to allow God to do 10 amazing things in your life right now with your sin? Why do I say allow? Because you have to grant God permission. There's two things that are, will never be in heaven, I always tell folks. Robots and headlocks. Oh, no, there ain't no robots in heaven. God is not going to press a button and say, he's going to love me. I'm just going to press this button and that guy's going to serve me and repent and accept my forgiveness. No, there's no robots. We have to choose. And there's no headlocks. God's not going to come up on you, put you in a headlock and say, you will receive Jesus Christ. No. No headlocks, no robots. You have to make a decision on your own. You have to be willing Jesus went to Jerusalem one time and he cried out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. And Jesus went on to say, But you were unwilling. How do I know that? One, the Bible tells me so. And two, I've rejected Jesus Christ many times in my own life. People told me about Jesus Christ and I'm like, Psst. I'm good, man. And then one day I realized that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of everything I've ever done and to come into my life and to become my Lord and my Savior. You remember that question that I asked earlier? There was a time when Jesus sent out his disciples and he gave them a time to heal or he gave him the power to heal and he gave him the power to cast out demons in Luke uh, 10 verse 20 and it says that he granted them authority and they came back rejoicing they came back high five and they were like Jesus man even the demons are subject to us in your name and you know what Jesus said Luke 10 verse 20 this is what Jesus said he said nevertheless although the demons are subject to you in my name don't rejoice in that that's actually what Jesus said. You know what he said rejoice in at that moment? He said rejoice rather that your name is written in heaven. 
Man, these guys just came back and were casting out demons. They came back, look, these demons were going left and right when we told them to. Jesus said, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in a special place in the halls of heaven. Is your name written in heaven? If it is, do you rejoice enough about that? If it's not, correct it right now. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus dodged every satanic obstacle so you can know God as a father, so you can be forgiven, so ten amazing things can happen with your sin. Are you ready? Are you ready for the first time in your life to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Because if you're ready, I'm ready to pray with you right now. I'm ready to see your name get written in the halls of heaven right now. It only takes a second. Here's the prayer that you got to pray. If you're ready, pray this prayer with me right now. Just say this, dear Jesus. That's right. Dear Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe that you were beaten, crucified, buried, and resurrected for me. Dear Lord Jesus, as an act of my own free will, today I humbly ask for your forgiveness of everything I've ever done. I ask that you would now become my Lord and my Savior. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray this. Amen. Wow. Well, if you just said that prayer, congratulations. Because ten amazing things just happened in your life. And if you said that prayer, please let me know about it. If you just prayed to receive Jesus Christ, would you click that on our website and say, Chris, on that Thursday night, I ask God to forgive me. You know why I want you to do that? It's one I want to pray with you again. Two, I want to send you a free gift that will help you get started in your new walk, in your forgiven walk with Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help you experience Jesus Christ. So I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. I pray that you are blessed by these ten things, ten amazing things that God does with our sin. So God bless you. And until next time. I'll see you again.